story? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So, you know my theory that we all, I think I talked about it before, that we all have our one shot in this world. You just got to be ready for it. Uh-huh. It could be, I just saw an article where a couple won the lottery for the third time, the third time in their yeah. lifetime. And then we just watched a video of a baseball player getting hit by a baseball <laughs> three times going around mm-hmm. the bases. And that could have been his, his shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the fact that he's playing in the major league, right. it was his shot. But, you know, you get, you get what I'm saying. We right. all have this moment of serendipity. And it could be good, positive serendipity, or it could be, te- it could be terrible. Mm-hmm. That's what every horror movie is predicated on. I feel like every horror movie is a rom- romance movie that just went the other fork in the road. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. Instead of the star-crossed lovers, a serial killer saw you uh-huh. and now is chasing you. Yeah. So, uh, so this might have been my, my, my shot. I've been waiting for my shot mm-hmm. for 35 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, like I'm somebody like when the state quarters were big and Wisconsin quarter had a a flaw on it that made it worth like a thousand dollars. Yeah, do you remember that? I used to check mm-hmm. every quarter I yeah. got back when we actually used paper money to pay for things. Mm-hmm. Um, just on the off chance, because I was like, how many people just popped a Wisconsin quarter like in a soda machine and uh, just let a thousand dollars go. Right. And I have to say, for thirty-five years, I've been skunked pretty, pretty soundly mm-hmm. <laughs> by life. Yeah. Um. So I'm at work the other day, and I get a call, and the caller ID doesn't show up with a name or anything. Mm-hmm. Actually, it shows up with like, it's not a name, but it says like name on it, like it's. Yeah, I've had that happen before. Right. It's mm-hmm. like purposefully blocked. Yeah. I don't know how you get to do that. And um, so I remember looking at me like, oh, so I answer it, <clears throat> give my standard spiel of answering. And the guy on the other end of the line is like, hi, my name is, oh, and I'm going to, crap, I don't, I don't have my phone on me. Mm-hmm. But basically, he's like, I'm a game designer. Uh, and I work at a university, so already I'm thinking like, oh, you want to come to school for like game design or something, you know? Uh, and he's like, uh, I'm a game designer. Are you? And then he says like, it sounds like a screen name. And uh-huh. it's not me at all. It has the, the word frog. In it. Right. And I'm like, no. And he goes, well, no, did you play Cordial Minuet? Oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, oh, have you ever looked at the leaderboard on there? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there was a leaderboard right. on, associated with this game. And this was a game that we talked about way back yeah. on this show. I got you to play a little bit. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's like Sudoku, but gambling. Mm-hmm. You found a way and to- satanic. Possibly. Possibly you say that. <laughs> right. And so I kind of told you that, you know, I really, really like the game. 
the satanic symbology was something that started to get to me after a while, mm-hmm. just not knowing what the influences were and what the, not that I thought they were going to open a portal or right. whatever, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's just weird every time you open up this game to be like, oh you yeah. You want to hail Satan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you just don't know what, the, what it is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you just kind of want to know. And I'm sure that's part of the design is like an invitation to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, yeah, uh, you, you won a tournament a while ago. And I, I remember that there's a tournament for like enter a dollar to play or whatever. So right. I did. I, I played for a little bit. I didn't even know how, how long or what to play. Mm-hmm. And apparently I won it. Um, don't know how. And um, I got like $50. Right. I remember that. Yeah. I talked about that pulled that money out and I kind of took that as like a sign of like, thank you, cordial minuet. Mm-hmm. I'm done. now, right. And I, I did really truly enjoy the game. And, um, I left, I think I still have like, dollars. um, and, uh, he's like, you also, you know, I sent you an email. He's like, I see you pulled the money out. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that was gone pretty quick. Uh, huh. <laughs> Like you pulled the money out, but you didn't respond for the amulet. Oh, right. And to remember, I told you I purposefully mm-hmm. was leaving the amulet on the table, right? As a win, as, as something to win, and just taking the money. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, I got this beautiful amulet here. I designed it myself." He's like, "And just as I have a home, I was wondering, you know, if you want it? Can I mail it to you?" Mm-hmm. And. uh I'm I, now I'm like called out. I'm so this is the game's creator. Yes. Uh huh. And I'm feeling like, like first I'm feeling embarrassed that I clearly w- am just like just in it for the money and just not caring right. about the elaborate know? world this guy's created. <laughs> yeah, that he's poured his heart and soul into. Yeah, he's designing his own metals. Right. This made- guy stayed awake day and night <laughs> to create a game that you could play. And as and soon as you got your of. quick money, <laughs> you dipped out. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, and he's, he's like telling me like, he's like, I've only touched it with gloves. I haven't handled it. You know, <laughs> this is, I, I'm going to be honest. This entire story is creeping me out a bit. Is it? It's weird. Okay. That he would call you. So, and he keeps saying like, he's like, I tracked him down. I can't believe I tracked down the, you know, and he says the screen name again. He's like, a lot of people in the in the community have been wondering who you are and like what your story is. Uh huh. Again, didn't know there was a community. Right. I still don't. I, d- I don't know where to go to find those people. Yeah. Um. I guess Reddit is probably a good. I have no place idea. to start. We should do that actually tonight. Is go on Reddit and look for Frog. I wish I could right. remember. It's something Frog. Are you sure that it's you? Maybe he's getting something mixed up. I mean, if you don't even remember winning a tournament. No, I remember winning the tournament. Oh, I, okay. I talked about it here, I, and I pulled the money out. Yeah. And I remember talking, but I didn't want the amulet. Mm-hmm. Like I felt. Yeah, like I we, do remember that. Yeah. yeah, we actually made that decision together here. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about it amulet from a satanic game that you don't understand right. the symbology of which also him saying like he never touched it uh-huh. also is not it's not encouraging 
Sure. I understand probably from like a jeweler's perspective, but that's that's a sign of like quality. Like it's not been handled. It's, you know, in its pure essence. But it's also kind of has this feeling of like the curse has not been, you know, released yet. As soon as you touch it, it will then, you know, consume you. Right. Yeah. It's going to seep into your skin. Yeah. Right. Uh, as soon as it touches your skin, it will become a part of it. It will be bonded with you forever. It will be beautiful. You'll be a beautiful symbol. For right. It. And so, um, and so I, I kind of felt cornered, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And like he read off my address. I mean, so look, here's the thing: the the game requires you to deposit like a dollar. Right. I think you know, <clears throat> to, just to start to play the game, which is what I did. Like a dollar, sure, that seems fair. And I'm sure in the login stuff, it like asked me for a email account because mm-hmm. he emailed me. Um, now from there, I don't know if I put I had to put my address, but I'm sure that's not hard to find. Right. I mean, especially if he's got like your bank account information, right? Or like well, he he deposited card? the 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 fifty dollars into my cordial menu wet mail. And then I pulled from Cordial Minuet right. out. So he didn't actually like interact with my bank account. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so he had some of my information, but not all of it. He right. clearly didn't have my name. He, he then quickly told me how he did it. Okay. He's like, I, you know, yeah, we, we had your, your name, which then I, I linked to the, uh, that's where it gets. So do you use like one of those like websites where it's like, uh, like white pages or something like, I don't know if it was that, but but I guess he was thinking like, I wasn't responding to his email. So he's like, okay, this email doesn't work anymore. I need Mm -hmm. to find out more. So probably like Googled me or, you know, found my name because I'm sure I inputted my real name at some point or did I have to, I don't know. See, that's I don't don't know what I had to sign in. I need to go back and and take a look. But anyway, he cross referenced me with something. Maybe I, Maybe it was I used like a similar screen name logging in. Like I always mm-hmm. use like Mr. Manager. Right. Um, and uh, I use that and maybe cross reference that. But anyway, he found me through work. Like he, he's like, then I searched and I saw Keith Krepko ODU. Oh, wow. And he's like, and so I called you. Yeah. <coughs> he's like, so anyway, I got this amulet. Also, he's like, so yeah, let me find it. And then there's like a minute of rustling. And he's like, all right. So anyway, it's around here somewhere. Uh, he's like, I'll send it out to you. Um, maybe it grew legs and started walking. But apparently, too, like, he, there are multiple tournaments, and so people won amulets. Mm-hmm. And you, there's also, like, symbols on the amulet that, like, the community, I don't know if there's a deeper puzzle. He's like, yeah, the people who got the amulets, he's like, I've, I've also trying to encourage them to, like, take a picture of it and, like, share it. Right. He's like, some people haven't even done that. I was like, okay. That's the least I can do, I guess, at this point. It's like, when I get it, I'll take a picture. and Just make sure you're wearing gloves. Yeah, I don't want to release the curse on me. Right. So, yeah, it's a bronze amulet. It's coming in the mail. I wanted to, I wanted to bring it here. So we don't could, bring it into my house. So, you could show, so, okay, here's part of my questions for you. All right, number one, would you accept the amulet? Sure, absolutely. I, I mean, that, that none of that stuff bothers me. Okay, so you would bring the amulet in your house? Yeah, sure. You, the girls would be like, oh, what's this? And grab sure. it and touch it without the gloves. Yeah. And be like, whatever. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, number two. At what point does the search for me become creepy? 
from the game designer's perspective? I, I guess I don't see it as creepy in the sense that, like, I don't think his intentions are misplaced. Right. He seemed like a totally nice guy. But the level of dedication is strange <clears throat> to me. Um, especially because this is a guy, if I'm remembering correctly, hasn't he done like other, done some other stuff. successful yeah. games? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. it seems strange that he would be obsessing over this. Yeah. That well, is strange. See, but that kind of didn't make, that didn't um, bother me. It doesn't bother me. I don't think it's a, creepy, but it's, it's it, I don't know. Something seems off about being that dedicated to he's it. He's a guy who designed like a competitive gambling sudoku with satanic symbolic i mean the fact that this guy might be obsessive or sure and and i and i was gonna add maybe that's also why i haven't done anything creative of worth in my life (laughs) because i'm not that dedicated yeah (laughs) no no yeah i think there's absolutely something to that (laughs) and i share that with you yeah um, so yeah, I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, send it. I, I haven't, it's probably saying in my mailbox, my mailbox is probably on fire right now. Yeah. Uh, with the amulet burning inside. Infested with roaches. <laughs> yeah. All What crawling. if you go home and it's just on your doorstep? Oh. Right when you said that, like a car pulled slowly <laughs> behind you and it did for a second. I was like, what if that's Or him? what if Elise comes home and she's wearing like this necklace and it's on the necklace? She's like, look what I found in a. I'm like, take that off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if it's? I was like, I told him, I was like, what if this was? I was like, what if this was my thing? Yeah. Like my thing is to win a tournament I didn't know I was in. Get a weird. I mean, uh, I amulet. I do think you could like, honestly, like freelance an article out of it. To be honest with you, just be like. This was my experience because the whole reason we found out about the game was through people writing about it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, just, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot how I found out about it. Just write a thing, being like, "This was my experience," and then like two years later, I'm. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's yeah. an interesting years, story. Years later, yeah, yeah, I get called at work. Yeah, you know, which is which is another odd thing. Um, and now we're best friends. <laughs> We're sharing an amulet together. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to track my, uh, my luck as soon as I get this amulet. Yeah. I do want to look into the, try and find that community though. Yeah, yeah, I, we should definitely do that too. I'm, I'm like a unknown celebrity. Yeah, it's strange. Well, I, I told, and I told him too, I was like, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. Like this is the, the worst solution to your... I don't live in the woods. Right. Cut off from, you know. <laughs> I'm not some <laughs> It's not some like mystical um explanation. I've literally just been ignoring you for two years. I've been ignoring <laughs> you. And I was like, I told he's like he's kept kind of like and he was super nice about it. They kept kind of prompting a little bit. He's like, "So, yeah, you know, we, we sent the email and I was like, like, listen, I, I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't do well being told what to I right. I honestly did not read your whole. I <laughs> I I was like I know that that's that's what happened. Sure. Because and and the other thing too is I didn't want to come out and say like, hey yeah you know I don't know I just thought like. That the money was, 
more than enough. Right. I didn't need that. I was enjoying your game. Yeah. And an amulet felt excessive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's my interesting story. Yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> So he did ship it to you, though. It shipped, apparently. I haven't gotten it yet. I, I haven't checked the mail in like two days. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why people don't check their mail. You know, I used to check it with a sense of optimism. Like, who knows? Maybe mm. this is the day that an old birthday card that never made it through gets through and there's a $100 check in there. But you know what? I realized after 35 years of life and receiving mail, for maybe 25 of those. Mm-hmm. That check is gone. If it was ever sent at all, it's never sure. making it. The only thing that will make it are bills. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, we have to walk a little bit to our um, mailbox. Uh-huh. Sounds terrible. It's awful. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, there's nothing good there. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I am, do you get bills in the mail either, though? Yeah, we still do. And I swear that I've, like, said, well, you know what we get? We get, like, medical bills that we've right. forgotten to pay or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but, uh, or, like, we got one that was, like, new cards because somebody tried to hack our accounts. Mm-hmm. The Bank of America sent debit cards. You know, fun stuff like that. Um. But, you know, I, I'm trying to be one of those people that, like, doesn't complain about Mondays or Wednesdays mm-hmm. anymore. You know? Why do people complain about Wednesdays? Because it's hump day. You yeah, know, that's you, a you, good thing. Right. No, but you go into work and you're like, hey, how's it going? It's like, is it Friday yet? Like, like that's sure. what you say on Wednesday. Yeah, that's like, that's like small talk. That, that's like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Kills me. Right. It kills me because I just feel like saying, listen, Monday knows everyone hates it. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows everyone hates Monday. The secret's out of the bag. Time to move on. You know what I mean? Can we say something else on Monday sure. other than Ugh, Monday, right? I hate it. I can't no, stand I, I agree. It. Yeah, I'm on board. But in order to not be one of those people, I have to like. Get a not rosier outlook on life. I do. I need to like, I need to be more positive about life uh-huh. because you just default into like, well, Monday. And part of that for me is not checking the mail. Hmm. See, our, keep, keep, keeps me positive. Our mail is 99.99% junk mail. We mm-hmm. don't get bills in the mail. It's like pure junk. But I, for some reason, mm-hmm. I am compelled to go out there every single day. Because you still have that shred of optimism. No, I don't think anything's coming in the mail. I think unco- I just know that there's something in there that has to be taken out. And I also do. don't want the mailman to like get to my mailbox tomorrow and be like, "Oh man, I'm unimportant." <laughs> our mailman has had to use his foot. I am. I'm yeah. convinced on our mailbox. That has to, to be so everything. frustrating as a mailman. You know it is. So why don't you give him a break? 
take walk. He needs five minutes to your mailbox and get the junk out of it. I've seen our mail person walking around. They they need to be taken down a peg. Okay. So they they need to be. You know what? It's not me taking them down a peg. I'm giving them a problem. Yeah. My mailbox is like a puzzle. And they need to find a new way to fit that New Yorker in the Evers. Mm-hmm. Are you subscribed to the New Yorker? I did. At one point, but you're not anymore. Well, no, I still am, actually. And, but you don't, chill, you don't check your mail. So why subscribe to something you don't even check your mail when it no, comes? No, I, 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 I like getting those. Elise checks the mail. And she's gone. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's out of town right now. So... I don't know, man. And yeah, today I just didn't think of it other than when I was driving. I was like, oh, I bet the amulet's in there. Yeah. And I could have spread the curse over your house, not mine. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but yeah, I wanted to also talk about, um, we're, we're a little late. I forgot to bring up some stuff last time. Sure. Mike Pence. Mm-hmm. Here's something else. I'm trying not to be a person that complains on Mondays about Mondays and Wednesdays or even complains on Mondays mm-hmm. and Wednesdays because if you so complain what about Fridays though, because the flip side is that of that is that on Fridays you're excited, you know, but, but in terms of small talk, you know, you're going to say at least 10 times it's Friday. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Hey, how's it going? It's Friday. You know what yeah. I mean? But, but see, that's a positive spin. And so I think part of me is I don't want to be a downer so, so much. So you're just getting rid of the negativity. Yeah. See, I don't like it based on principle alone. Okay. I don't care if it's negative or I positive. Yeah, you don't want small talk, period. Right. Yeah. I want no. absolute silence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's one thing that I respect about you is like, we can be silent and it'll be cool. Right. Because it's like, yeah, this is better right. than being like, uh, uh, yeah. Mondays, huh? Right. So, so this is the other thing that made me think about Pence. So Mike Pence said, you know, he doesn't have dinners with women. Right. Other than his wife. And he will not be in a room that's alcohol in it without his wife. Without his wife. Which is, that, now that is strange. The first one makes sense to me coming from a religious churchy background like mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i've seen that a million times over yeah. the being in a room without alcohol with with alcohol without your wife doesn't make any sense right. to me like is he just going to like go buck wild and start yeah. downing shots and then sleeping with women if his wife's not in the room <laughs> just wait for the Shyamalan twist when he finds out in five years that his wife is an alcoholic <laughs> you know um yeah, so, I mean, here's the thing. So many people, like, jumped on it, mm-hmm. obviously, because that's a crazy thing to say. And I do believe he deserves to be uh, critiqued mm-hmm. firmly for sure. his view. But there's a... There's like a all Mondays, all Wednesdays approach to stuff like that that I find equally mm-hmm. kind of exhausting and infuriating. Where people are just like mindlessly like 
just going after like so mike you're gonna uh yeah. you, you're afraid of like i was just gonna say a really dumb joke and i can't even get it out it's so it's so easy it's stupid <laughs> you know it, it makes me upset sure when it's like in reality like the problem with that is it kind of um when when I heard Mike Pence say that, I I basically heard him say, whenever I look at a woman, I still have the image that I masturbated to when I was fourteen in my head. Right. And into, you know, like a shirt and then felt guilty about for mm-hmm. the next week. Yeah. And I've not gotten beyond that image. Right. That is it. Yeah. <clears throat> They're just bigger now. But they're the same. It's the same, like, mm-hmm. uh, and and I find that so, just like, depressing for him and sad. Yeah, I, I think the the larger issue for me is is not is all of that stuff in conjunction with calling his wife mother. Well, that included, but in conjunction with like how much actual power he wields over my life. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Mike Pence is free to be whatever he wants to be. I have no issues whatsoever with how he, if he wants to call his wife mother. I don't have any issues with any of that. My problem is that he is in charge of making laws in a very reductive sense mm-hmm. for our entire country. You know what I mean? Yes. My problem with that is that it comes in conjunction with a strong belief in conversion therapy for homosexuals. Yeah, does he right? still purport that? Well, I mean, I don't know. But he, at one point, yeah. at one point he did, and he's also, you know, spearheading an effort to like destroy Planned Parenthood and all this other stuff that has maybe some troubling aspects to it, but also some very good aspects to it, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just here to like wipe everything off the board. Yeah. So like, yeah. That stuff is really strange, and like I said to you, a lot of the stuff to me it just rings to it. It sound to me it just feels like what sixteen year old Christianity is, or like yeah, what yeah. a sixteen year old thinks is being chivalrous by like, right? I won't go near any woman because yeah. I'm so dedicated to my wife. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's kind of like it seems very immature. But yeah, but you feel like it's like I won't go near anyone because I feel such shame when I have a boner. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, that's sure. really, that's really what we're getting down to. And also, you know, um, footnote, I can't look at another woman without being threatened with yeah. a boner. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, to me, that's like, I also hate when people don't have a sense of humor about stuff like this. They're like, yeah, laugh it up. This guy. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, good God, people. Let's just like, let's just comment on what it is. Let's move on, you know? Yeah. And then also let's like have some like, uh, let's respond equivalently with like, the, it's absurd. It's absurd. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I'm, I, look, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable saying it's strange for me. Like that stuff is strange, but to each his own, like if that's what makes him happy, if that's what makes his family happy, I don't really care. I mean, like I said, it seems really strange to me and it yeah. seems really immature. The thing that bothers me is that he is has a very loud voice now when yes. it comes to like deciding on women's rights or minorities' rights, and it's like he 
very clearly has a kind of a twisted view of the world. You right. know what I mean? It no longer affects just him and his family. Yeah. The, the other thing that, having said all that, then my petty reaction to this is I always have this like, just knee jerk reaction to like, especially stuff like Mike Pence, to, to focus on like, what is the fear? You know? Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? Yeah. And be like, the the worst thing for him is to, what, like, have dinner with another woman and have, like, think about having sex with her? Like, right. you know what I mean? It just makes yeah. me want to, like, just send him a bunch of Playboys in the mail. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just a petty reaction uh-huh. to be like, dude, it's like, this is our one shot at this life that we get. Yeah. And you're, like, going to live it being like, Where's my wife in proximity to me in this bar? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it just seems like such a, what are you protecting? You know what mm. I mean? Like, God forbid you see a boob even. Like, what happens then? Yeah. You know? I just don't understand sometimes when you boil it down, like, what people are fighting so hard to protect. Right. And it, and it's always those people that turn out to be like... The, the worst, most devious, right? Like, like if you're going by the track record of politicians in the past, in a couple months or years, we're gonna find out that Mike Pence is like a sexual deviant who's oh, like dude. constantly sleeping with different women. Or if he's God forbid, no, well, okay, all I was gonna say is if you see him like without his wife, then he just turns into it. You realize that he was just like keeping it all like caged in, like right. he's just really secretly like John Wayne Gacy in there. Yeah. Doing his darndest to keep it all together. He's like a gremlin when you get them wet or whatever <laughs> yeah. you call them. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, the uh, the other thing that this made me um, think of, crap, what were, it was what you were saying. What were you saying again? About Mike Pence? Yeah. I'm not sure. I know, you already forgot. I, mean, I already which forgot. aspect of it? Literally the last thing you were just about him being a gremlin? <laughs> no, see, that's... Or about him being a, secretly being a sexual deviant. Yeah, okay, there it is. So, um, yeah, the, the, the other thing, too, is, like, I don't get it that this is, like, a profound, you know, declaration of somebody's, like, immaturity yeah. and, and seen as a strength. And I can see it from, like, a, a, a spiritual point of view where you, you think that you're being strong and admitting your weakness, right? But, I, I mean, I've heard people, you know, growing up in the church, I've heard, like, men be like, I don't hire attractive women as my secretary. Mm-hmm. My marriage doesn't need that or whatever. It's like, did you ever think that that lady need that job? Yeah. You know? Right. Like, what if that's a single mother who's trying to provide? But, hey, man, good on you. You didn't hire her. <laughs> You went for the old ugly lady. You know what I mean? Like Because you can't stand up to the temptation of having a pretty woman. Exactly. (laughs) Work with you, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, because, man, you don't know what happens when they get near you, man. Mm -hmm. Like, look at me. I mean, I'm attractive, dude. (laughs) Right. You know? I I just want to be like, guys, like, take a step outside of yourself for a second. Like, look in and be like, it's all ridiculous. Yeah. You know? So who freaking cares? Like, just get over yourself. And then have dinner with a lady and stop seeing her as like a, um, like a tempt, like a temptress. You right, know what yeah. I mean? Like that's so much of our society's ills would be resolved if we 
and just be like, you know what? I'm actually fat and ugly. Like no one would like <laughs> right. have an honest view of yourself. Embrace it. Yeah. With that being said, though, Mike Pence kind of looks like a, mm. a he looks like a GI Joe, right? <laughs> yeah, he looks like a old G. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he does like his hair yeah. is per- like he looks like an action figure. Yeah. He looks like an action figure that, that's like lived a little. Sure. Like turned sentient and lived like yeah. maybe a good 10 years realizing what life could be like if he was only real and then turned back into an inanimate. Object. Yeah. You see like this. His eyes are hollow. They're deep set eyes. Mm-hmm. And you see like he's he's got. Some- yeah. He's- He's hiding. Oh, dude, you know, it's like, it's like these people, like, listen, I'm no big proponent of pornography. Mm-hmm. But some of these people, like, with the fight the new drug stuff, have you seen mm-hmm. that? That's like the big slogan of, like, oh, porn, fight the new drug of porn, porn or pornography is the new drug? No, I haven't heard about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Terry Crews is big. Uh, the actor? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Big into like you know, and and listen, I, I get it, man. Like just like Mike Pence, each their own. Sure. But some of these things that people post, like try and get away with on like fight the new drug stuff, I'm uh-huh. like, or trying to see how close you can get to the line there, buddy. Like I know, like and with how much some of these people uh-huh. are like fighting it, uh-huh. I'm like, you want to be as close to pornography as you can get. Right, exactly. And this is this is the best way right. to do it. This is a little more. <laughs> revealing than you think it is right right because it's like is this the 15th post in the last two days i'm like dude i'm just so passionate about fighting the new drug bro yeah look what they're making these women wear nowadays in beer commercials watch this beer commercial and you're like dude calm down a little bit maybe maybe watch a little bit and just like get over it yeah yeah it's it's interesting because it's this and it's the I don't want to say the same because I feel like there's, especially now there's a lot of talk or a lot of arguments are made by like saying like these people say this, but then look at this. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you say these people, right. And it's like, maybe there's not a one-to-one in that comparison, but anyways, it, it seems strange that you have this sort of, a conservative mindset of like um, Mike Pence or whoever that's like just tempted by the mere thought of an attractive woman being anywhere near him without his wife by him side to tame him down, you know? <clears throat> but then you also look at like the, um, you look at like Islam and the, and the hijab, which has become a big issue. And this idea of like women have to stay covered at all times mm-hmm. to stop men from wanting to rape them, basically, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's essentially the same mindset, right? Yeah. Like, like that is the same thing that Mike Pence is saying, except for some reason in his circle, what he's doing is heralded as courageous or being faithful. And what they do in Islam is, you know, not good basically right right yeah yeah you're, you're saying that christians that would applaud uh mike pence would then turn and be like 
Sharia laws, the devil, exactly. and like anything right. being lived by like a code of yeah, yeah, and it, and it's because yeah, they they view their themselves as right and their morality is correct, and therefore right. everything else is wrong. Even though if you talk to them, they they'd be like, no, I'm open to everything and everybody. It's like, yeah, then why won't you go to Wendy's with a with a woman? You know, it's right. like, because who knows what will happen? You know, yeah, um, yeah. It, the the other thing too is, well, I guess this is not built off of that. Do you mind if we go? Sure, different? yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> speaking of fight the new drug, um, I watched a documentary called Hot Girls Wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that? Did yeah, I watched it a while ago. Yeah. We did mm-hmm. we talk about it? We probably did. Yeah, and so some some people got, uh, you know, got some mixed reviews because they mm-hmm. were basically saying it's like shaming people who are trying to make an honest living doing, you know, pornography. Sure. Uh, I thought that the story that they told seemed true. Mm-hmm. So if you have a problem with it, you're having a problem with a real story. Again, probably they would say that that's not everyone's story, this exploitation, you know. Mm-hmm. But that is this this story. These These girls in the documentary are clearly being kind of exploited for the very reason, maybe not in the moment because they are consenting, but the long-term vision for them is like, yeah, in eight months I'm getting a new girl and she's getting kicked out. Right. You know, so, uh, but Netflix has picked up a series. So uh, I was on Twitter at work on my phone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like scrolling through like lunch break or whatever. And I saw like Netflix wanted or, or ne- Netflix posts like, Trailer for Hot Girls Wanted series. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I feel like not work appropriate. Right. Sure. Even though it's Netflix. Yeah. And even though it's a it's a series and I and I have familiarity with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, not gonna watch that trailer here. Mm-hmm. Keep scrolling. So I'm good there. Then I get home. And again, get on my phone wherever. I'm like, oh yeah, the Hot Girls Wanted um, series. Mm-hmm. Indy is running around, and my wife is there. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, first, I find myself going to click on it, and wanting to like even go on like a private thing mm-hmm. and pulling it up because I don't a private browser. Mm-hmm. Because I don't really want that, like in my history, really, like mm-hmm. not even like I don't know who would, right, look at it. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's like it's called Hot Girls Wanted, right? You know. So number one, would you have any problem just opening it on like regular browser, Hot Girls Wanted no. trailer, watch? No. no, no issues. No issues. See, I, I thought I was kind of overthinking it. And then the other thing too is clearly like shielding it from your ch- children is. Obvious. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Your wife, though, would you feel like if she was in the possibility of like walking behind you, would you be like, hey, I'm going to watch a trailer. On, remember that documentary mm-hmm. that we watched, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or would you just hit the trailer I would just and just start <laughs> watching it? I wouldn't. I mean, I, <clears throat> I definitely have those like fears deep seated, I think. Yeah. But I think that I've come to the. I mean, it's the same thing with like cursing for me, right? Like I'm still mildly uncomfortable with cursing. And I think that's because of 
just my upbringing, right? Of like mm-hmm. cursing is wrong, spending some time in the church where all of that stuff is demonized heavily, right? And I just feel like at one, and so I find myself thinking at what point I'm 34 years old, I'm a father of two girls. At what point am I an adult and <laughs> the only person who's I who I have to answer my actions for are myself and like my wife. You know what I mean? Like I shouldn't be afraid of cursing at 34 years old, you know what I mean? In an appropriate setting, right? I shouldn't be afraid to watch a trailer like that in an appropriate setting, right? Like I I mean I have the same I I have the same thoughts. Like even like or I guess most of it comes from like work because the problem with like work is like I'm on I go to I go to Reddit on my work computer, right? And it's like the front page or the the front page of Reddit is full of like some really crazy stuff, right? So it's like and obviously I'm not clicking on it to open right. it, but I'm thinking like or these links are still getting pulled in the background, right? Yeah. Because all Reddit is is an aggregate. Right. So I'm thinking like who in ComIT is thinking that I'm like work looking at all this like really and people twisted title stuff. stuff really <laughs> right. badly. Yeah. Like on purpose. Yeah. So I mean I understand it, but at the same time, I think I've for the most part I just don't care anymore. Mm. Good for you. Yeah, I feel like I I generally don't care because and the other thing too is like of course it's my wife like I think that she knows me well enough to know that it's like I'm not Anthony Weiner. Yeah, I'm not like right. with indie right there like yeah. Yeah, I'm just watching a little yeah. uh clip. It's okay. Yeah. Um but I do still feel like the same thing where I'm kind of like uh like in public too. You know, um I'm super aware of like mm-hmm. who's around me. <clears throat> and even like we were talking about like reading graphic novels, mm-hmm. very aware of that too, because graphic novels, you know, even the best of them can get, have panels where you're just immediately like oh, yeah. closing the book and be like, okay, yeah. I'll be reading this when I get home yeah. tonight. Especially like saga. I think I've yeah. s- talked about this before, but we were, I was at books a million once and I was in there with the girls and I bought like four or five books for them. Mm-hmm. And then I bought the latest saga. Mm-hmm. And like, I just went to the counter and was like <laughs> sandwiched in between all the children's books. And as the woman was checking me out, she's like checking it out. And then she gets the saga and she looks at me and she's like, you know, this is not for kids, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Did, are you appreciative, uh, appreciative of like, um, people when they say stuff like that to you, like if you're buying books, are you kind of like, Hey, if, you know, like, like in internally, like I'm not going to let my kid read this, but kind of be like, no, it's I, for my girls. Yeah. Like I, I, put it in the bag. I think it depends. Shut like, up. I felt like that woman was, was judging me just for buying that period. Right. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't think she really thought I was going to read it to the girls. She was just, I think she was just like, this is filth and you shouldn't be, you know what I mean? But if someone was just like, thought it was an honest mistake or I've got no issues with that. Um, do you have any petty response to people like, like, do you ever want to like give it back to somebody who's like trying to like disapprove of you in some way? 
Or do you just always let it roll? I off wish I could. Yeah, I, I don't even let it roll off. I'm always just so caught off guard, and that, then I'm just kind of like, Ugh. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like the like sarcasm or like, uh, like uh, I guess just like that passive aggressiveness mm-hmm. when it's coming from a stranger. I'm so wrapped up in like what I'm going to say next <laughs> that like. This is where small talk benefits me, right? Because small talk is easy, right? right? Like, I know what to say when someone says... Mondays, huh? Right, exactly. Or, like, asks me how it's going on a Friday. I know (laughs) that I can just say, it's Friday, Friday. and I can get right out of that, right? And keep on trucking down the hallway. But when someone, like, breaks the script, I am just, like, thrown for a loop and I'm normally would just like nod my head in agreement or just like keep moving forward. Like what they're doing is completely sincere. You know what I mean, like the yeah. thing that comes to my mind that always comes to mind is, is this small moment I had when I was a groundskeeper. I was driving our uh, truck. We're out of school. We're, we're pulling, we're pulling out of the school. And I, instead of stopping right at the line for the stop sign, I eased, I, I mm-hmm. rolled a little bit forward into the crosswalk, right? And as I do that, the windows are down. And I'm not blocking the whole crosswalk, mind you. I'm just in about half of it. This woman comes running by. She's exercising, right? She's just running down the sidewalk. And as she gets in the crosswalk, she has to adjust slightly to go around the truck, right? And she goes, thanks a lot. <laughs> And as soon as I heard thanks a lot, I just was like, you're welcome. I didn't even. (laughs) And it wasn't even until like later in the day that I thought like she was probably upset with me and was saying that sarcastically. (laughs) But in the moment, I just was like, "Okay, (laughs) you're a robot. (laughs) Right. I just just didn't even. Right. I'm just like so thrown by it. Responding to stimulus with no thought of like inflection or tone. Yeah. You're just like, like I wish welcome. I could like get like, like, you know what I mean? I wish I could give it back or whatever, but I just, I'm not quick. I'm not quick enough. Please. Can, can I, um, can I pay you money to, to say this as your comeback next time or maybe every time mm-hmm. just whatever day it is or like if it's catches you off guard, that's a Tuesday or Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it about like the weather or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, if somebody's rude to you, it's like a Monday. Like, if she's like, "No, this is this isn't for kids, right?" Be like, "Hey, lady, it's a Monday." It's supposed to be like oh, Mondays, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, just feed them sure. their line. Yeah, yeah. Just feed them. Try the, and get them back on track. Yes. Just correct them. Like, do a Truman Show of like, this is your breaking script. You know, mm-hmm. your script is. Have a nice day. <laughs> and then I say, you too. Yeah. Or you say, enjoy your books. And then I just right. mindlessly say, you too. Right. And then I'm supposed to walk away thinking, oh, did I just say right. you too to her? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, are you good with that? Are you good with? The older I get, the more petty I am and mm. and the more I'm willing to just like do the passive aggressive thing back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or just be like, yeah, just lean into it a little. Mm. Because again, like I, I think I'm getting more and more fed up with people like moralizing about life and 
you know, kind of like having an opinion about everything or having just a dumb opinion or mm-hmm. boring opinion, you know? And listen, I don't have all the greatest opinions, but I either keep them to myself or I put it on a podcast that we don't have sponsors for. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you and I, we, we tweet once when this comes out mm-hmm. and my tweet doesn't usually have anything to do with the show itself. Right. And as you said, it's basically for posterity, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I, I don't, I, and I'm not claiming that my perspectives are worthy, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just getting more and more tired of people's, like, boring in, in, engagements with, like, life and other people. And yeah. Especially, uh, maybe this is just an outpouring of social media. Just, you know, we, we've talked a lot about like the negative impact of social media. Mine is maybe I'm realizing a long, slow drip effect mm-hmm. where it's not anything in the moment. I'm not too bothered by like Twitter's instant reaction of like everyone, you know, like the, the, the backlash and the backlash of the backlash and how, how many backlashes can you get in mm-hmm. like one day on Twitter? It's just in, they keep trying to up themselves apparently. Yeah. None of that bothers me because it's like, that's the function of the medium. You know, that's how people are using. But the content that they're doing, where it's just like the most basic repetition of like what Mike Pence said. And Mm. it's like, yep, you're just basically saying it. He said he wouldn't have dinner with a woman. So putting him in a fictional scenario with Helen Keller is not going to like, you know, illuminate anything. Um, or just like responding to something that he didn't say and trying to make a bigger point on it or remind everybody what a terrible human being he is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all of those I think are, I'm not interested in those hot takes. Yeah. And I'm getting least and you know, less and less interested the older. Mm-hmm. When I see out in the wild, like when somebody says something to me, like if that lady was like, thanks a lot. Like, I might just mindlessly like let my foot off the brake just for a, a little bit and then slam it back on. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that at this age in my life, this yeah. one, that might be my reaction. Yeah. Who knows what it'll be like if I make it to 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll honk the horn. <laughs> Speaking of divine com- yeah, compilation. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> the lady throwing her jug of milk. <laughs> It's a perfect moment. Yeah. That's that's what will bring me back from the edge of uh, this fear, this techno fear, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, even as the robots will overtake us, they're going to give us some, some good videos along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so speaking of, like, robotic, like, small talk, or, like, mm-hmm. I think I think if, like, I'm expecting it, I can handle it all right. Like, if we, if you get, like, a, a waiter that's real snotty or whatever, and I'm expecting, like, the first right. time will catch me off guard, but mm-hmm. then afterwards. You I'm, can anticipate I, it. I, yeah, then I can start, like, thinking about stuff. Yeah. But it's that initial one that always catches me off guard. Right. And I just am completely like thrown for a loop. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it. Th- that will happen with students a lot when they come to see me. 
you know, students will sometimes start aggressive. But I find that if my response is usually like, hey, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. You know, they'll like calm down. But there's sometimes where I can't, I don't have the ability to calm. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, this last week was one of those weeks where I just, for a few days, I was just like, in a, I was not having it. Yeah. And so like, I had a student uh, come in for a meeting and during the meeting, he was coughing <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting sick. And so in turn, I'm like, don't come in and see me then. Right. But then he would do this thing. Did I talk about this on the last show? No, I didn't. Right. I don't think Did so. I talked about this with you. He was doing a cough where he wasn't covering his mouth with his hand. Mm -hmm. He was trying to like keep his lips shut <laughs> and still coughing. So it was like, uh -huh. <laughs> but yeah. all that does is like target mm -hmm. your blast further. Right. Like it turns it's it into more a laser beam. Yeah. Yeah. And you're pushing all the germs. Like that's the worst cough to do. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, in turn, he's like, oh, I got this cough. I just, I'll just, <laughs> just keep my, my lips shut, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm at my computer, I'm typing. I turn to look at him and he's still like, you know, four feet away. Mm -hmm. Right when my face turns, he does the cough. Mm. And I literally feel the blast on my face. Yuck. That's and gross. I pointed. I couldn't help my, I pointed <laughs> out of my office. And I was like, I didn't even know what that point meant really. Like uh -huh. at the moment, it was just my reaction like, get that out that is an old man thing to do <laughs> isn't it and then i had to come up with a reason uh-huh i was like hand up already i was like um uh. you know if you need to go cough you can go outside yeah like or you need to cover your mouth yeah okay now i don't no, know yeah your reason is you just coughed in my face yes you literally just coughed in my face that's yeah. an act of aggression yeah yeah i mean it's just rude yeah and not like you're not you're not doing it Mm -hmm. You think you're doing it with your blips, you're concentrating. Do you think that's a just like that's a rude person thing, or do you think it's because he's young? I feel if like that's it's good, because yeah. he's young. See, okay, exactly. A big part of my job is trying to delineate that. Right. Are you rude or are you young? Right. People come in with headphones, and sometimes it's like it's their body language, and you know where you can tell right away. It's like somebody's young, so I could be like, "Hey, you know, just make them." And they're and, oh, sorry. And then there are other people that walk in with head, you know, earbuds on and you're just like, mother after, you know what I mean? Like you just like, you're, you're ready for like this fight. Mm -hmm. Cause you can see like, they're like, I'm doing this because I'm actually a jerk and I don't care about you. You know, later that day I had a girl like yawning in during our appointment, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, sometimes you let it go because you're like, Oh, whatever. For her, I was like, are you tired? Are you okay? You know, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, don't. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I just couldn't let that go. I was just like, you can't. It's like when someone's talking to you, just be yawning mm -hmm. all the And it wasn't like one or two. It was like constant. Yeah. And I was like, listen, we're trying to. Okay. <clears throat> maybe I shouldn't. This Maybe I'm a jerk. Maybe you can help me. Uh-huh. The... Yeah, no one listens. So. I. I, for that person, I said, um, 
what, what's your what's your goal? What do you want to do with your degree mm-hmm. here? And they said, I want to go to med school. And I told them their GPA, <laughs> which sometimes you just nod or you find a diplomatic way. Sure. But I was like, you know, your GPA is 2.2, 2, mm-hmm. right? And uh, approached her in that way for the conversation, you know, of mm-hmm. like, you need to start doing better. So instead of being like, oh, hey, med school, yeah, mm-hmm. it's tough, right? You know, it's like you have a 2.2. Right. Maybe you should try staying awake during a meeting with your advisor yeah. before you tackle <laughs> open heart surgery. <laughs> Is that a jerk thing to do? Like, um, uh, I mean, I guess. I felt a little bad at the same time. I was like, it was literally like six to seven yeah, yawns. I, I definitely understand the urge, especially if they're being like, I don't know. If if they seem like ignorant, you know yeah, I mean? and like aggressively, like and and listen, I think I think the, the the problem is like yeah, she's she's probably not the most thoughtful person based mm-hmm. on how she was reacting to me. Mm-hmm. But I know underneath that, there's also a very young person who's who's probably very embarrassed of their performance. Yeah, and probably is in some ways wrestling with the fact that. They are not going to, you know, achieve that goal in the way that they thought they would. Mm-hmm. You know, part of my job is to say, like, you can still make it. Like, she can. But she's got to, like, be like, I, I want this. I'm going to work right. hard for it. You're going to cut know? out the yawning. Yeah, she's got to cut out. <laughs> she's got to start with the yawning, you know? But, man, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm not having it today. Like, don't come and cough in my face. Right. Don't come yawning six times into my appointment and and really you towards the end of the day it was like just don't talk yeah <laughs> i'll handle this meeting mm-hmm. um i also wanted to run down sure that's okay yeah uh zelda breath of the wild i've been playing that i don't mm-hmm. think we talked about that um i i've talked about it briefly have but... we talked on here though no um i'm playing on the wii u Mm-hmm. The game's amazing. The game is so good, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, everyone's saying that. But it's something where it's it it is it's good in the intangible way, which I think is like kind of the best way because you don't know why it's so good. You're just like you you just know you're you're experiencing something that's like been curated, you know, perfectly, uh, and you're just able to like have the experience and not focus on the parts. Like you're not able, I'm saying you, I am not able when I actually get into the gameplay Mm -hmm. to then like take a step back and be like, Oh yeah. The way that they, uh, built in that, um, environmental puzzle was sure was a neat, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, I'm just like just running around doing stuff and there's a whole lot of stuff to do and none of it feels it's it is arbitrary, but yeah. it doesn't feel arbitrary. Right. Which which is the other thing again of like a well designed game. Um and I, I also kinda wanted to talk to you because I know that you haven't played it. Mm-hmm. Um but what is your feeling on the let's start first with the protective 
nature of people who love a game and mm. actually in any way express that they'd like they'd like for it to have a perfect score whether that's the person who's like literally like cr- like no. like screaming on reddit I have about no like no patience for that whatsoever. no okay not even for the person who's who no, is none, like none. oh shoot nope nope 99% no. oh darn nope okay. no no patience Why? whatsoever because it's completely arbitrary and meaningless it is completely meaningless and even the person who thinks oh shucks that would have been neat it has no effect on their life whatsoever mm-hmm. that 0.1 percentage point to give zelda breath of the wild a perfect metacritic <laughs> score is going to have a 0% impact on their life whatsoever and having the mindset that of being invested in that in even the slightest sense is it's ridiculous it didn't you just critique life isn't that all of life there's so many petty things that we care about sure that uh don't really Metacritic mean anything scores in the end will be my cross to bear then <laughs> that's the word not caring about not them. care <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, okay is there an example like and that that mentality is what gives birth to mm-hmm. Armand White. Okay. It's what That's... gives birth to troll culture. And it's what continues to fuel troll culture is when people get so obsessed and invested in something so meaningless as a Metacritic score or a Rotten Tomato score or, or whatever that people can then, at the, with the, the slightest nudge, can send somebody overboard. I I can agree that I think I think the the seed of that is is in is basically immaturity that I did care a lot about scores when I was 13 like I yeah. I remember watching like Siskel and Ebert and right. wanting a movie that I that I was looking forward to to get like two thumbs up yeah. like I didn't want have I didn't want Ebert to even say, oh, it's okay. I wanted them to be like, the next Indiana Jones is the best movie ever. You know, like that's that's what I wanted, you know? Yeah. And in all the hype, like I just wanted everyone to be like, this is going to be amazing for you, sure. you know? Like that's how, I, that's how I took it. And now, you know, I think that there's a defensiveness that that was maybe like a future optimistic. I was hoping that my experience would be good. And I, and I was putting stock and value in what they were saying. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, as you get older, you grow out of that. But I think that that is also maybe some of the seed that people are carrying over. But it's weird when you're 35 and it's like you're old enough to probably think through and anticipate what that is going to be, what that experience is going to be. Mm-hmm. And maybe at the age of 35, especially after you've played other games, that you're not going to have like a transcendent, you know, like zelda experience anymore other than being like this game is amazing but you're not going to find your identity like when i first played zelda like even the first like i would dream and like i would upset i'd sit at school and just Mm -hmm. be thinking about zelda you know like what the next weapon could be um now i'm not doing any of that Mm -hmm. and so i think there's something about like my engagement is changing and hopefully maturing 
And I'm letting some of those things go in terms of like, yeah, everyone doesn't need to validate this. But I could probably say internally that there is still a satisfaction to being like, this is across the board good. I agree with you. I agree with what you said. I'm mm-hmm. building to, to a different point. Mm-hmm. So I want to say I agree. I agree with what you said. Um, that, you know, I think that the, the, the Metacritic score, the Rotten Tomato score obsession is poisonous mm-hmm. in our culture. Has there ever been a game, though, that you, not, not just a game, favorite book, movie, that you have read a negative take on and had a emotional reaction to? Sure. Whether it's like frustration or like. Sure, but that's, that's different than being upset because one critic gave a, a negative review, which has affected an aggregate review score. <laughs> right. That's a lot different. Uh, and, and the and 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 I think that's also it's becoming a bigger thing in the movie industry. It's obviously a huge thing in the gaming industry, and I think a lot of that is because a big part of the gaming industry's core, uh, uh, core demographic is thirteen-year-olds who mm-hmm. care about that stuff. Um, where I think in the movie industry you probably have a wider, uh, breadth of ages. Mm-hmm. But the score itself is what I have. I don't have an yeah. issue with like being with like disagreeing with a negative review. Uh, but being upset about aggregate scores or even a score in general, I think is 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 just a waste of time. Yeah. It's just is is meaningless. And it's like not only that, like a perfect score is just like a complete of illusion anyways because it's like nothing is perfect as mm-hmm. much as you love zelda breath of the wild i'm sure there's even one thing you could pick out that bothers you mm-hmm. you know what i mean that ideally would keep it from getting a perfect score because if it's, you're giving it a perfect score then everything about the game is perfect there isn't a single thing you would change you know what i mean yeah like i've poured over three thousand hours into <laughs> destiny <laughs> It has become your destiny. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, does that mean I should give it a perfect score? I mean, there's dozens of things about the game I don't like and that bother me. And there's dozens of things that I do like and that keep me coming back and playing it over and over again. And that conversation is always going to be a lot more interesting and a lot more meaningful than saying, hey, Destiny has a perfect 100 on Metacritic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just is. It just is. And I understand, like, you can ultimately make the argument that everything is meaningless. Aggregate review scores are more <laughs> meaningless than other things are meaningless. I, I like this idea that, you know, in the landscape of, of kind of theoretical philosophic life, right. that if I was walking somebody through the landscape, I would say, and over in that land, that's the uh, Metacritic. Um, I care about the Metacritic score land. It's right. roamed. It, it has an armed wild man roaming. <laughs> Don't go over there. If you ever run into him, he will take your head off. Yeah. And wear your teeth as a, as a necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I love the idea that you are like, no, this is my territory. I'll <laughs> cut your head off. If you come over here, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm on patrol. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> but uh, other areas are left undefended. <laughs> sure. Well, they're right. just undefended until someone brings them up to me. Right. And then I run then over run to over that there. area. <laughs> You're trying to anticipate exactly where they're going with that. Uh, um, so, yeah, Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, it's fantastic. I, on Wii U, I've heard people say it's a pretty standard you know, experience to the Switch or mm-hmm. equivalent experience. So, uh, I'm enjoying the, uh, the heck out of it. Uh, and I've put in like probably close to 30 hours, 30 plus. Oh, wow. 30 hours. This deal. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not even like, I wouldn't put sure. myself at like 15% done. Mm-hmm. So anyway, enjoying that. Um, <clears throat> I also have uh, read some books. Mm-hmm. Have you read anything since the last time we talked? Mm, no. I started... I I started listening to a book called Roadside Picnic, Mm. which is an old sci-fi book about, it's Russian about, um, there's a, uh, almost, I guess, like an arrival-esque alien encounter on Earth. They show up in like seven or eight different places, unannounced. No one knows what they do, and then they leave. Mm-hmm. And the book takes place um, maybe a, a couple decades afterwards or maybe just in the few years afterwards. Um, but the areas that they've let that they visited have become these like strange uh, zones full of just like abnormal activity. Um, and it was really interesting for a while. And then it lost me. I <laughs> stopped listening to it. How, I listened it, to probably three or four hours. How long is it? Maybe seven. Oh, do you, did you get on Audible? Yeah. Oh, I mean, see. there's the possibility I'll still finish it, but it really lost me. I mean, I was listening to it straight, but it just oh, lost me. No, I'm finishing up a close to 40-hour book, 30-plus-hour mm-hmm. book. I, on Audible... I will not spend a credit on anything under 11 hours. Cause I feel like I'll just read it. You know, yeah. I don't need somebody read to me for eight hours. Right. I need somebody read to me for 50. Then well, I'll I, use my I, credit. I, I would not be able to do fit. I, I, you know what? I think game game of Thrones has ruined me. I, anything over eight, nine hours. I'm not even interested. There's a Hitler biography that not, just got released. Care about Hitler, Hitler rising. No, apparently it's super good. I'm, I, I'm, I've been circling that, and that's like 38 hours. I uh, at least went on a trip. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I think I told you this already. I, I downloaded her It. You know how, oh, yeah. you know how long It is, an audiobook? Mm-hmm. No, it's like, isn't it like 20 hours or something? It's 45 hours. Wow. <laughs> so we got It. I got a... I, I listened to that on audiobook, but I was a groundskeeper then. So I had like, yeah. I was listening to stuff like six hours a day. Well, yeah, and, the, and the thing that I like about Stephen King is he writes so straightforward that, right. you know, you can on an audiobook, he's so easy to drop and then pick back up mm-hmm. um, because he, he writes pretty straightforward and clearly. Um, yeah, he's, he's a really precise writer. Um, I am finishing a book called. The Breath of the Wind. 
by I forget his first name. Ross Zelda. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I speaking of Game of Thrones, I wanted a Game of Thrones esque like deep kind of dive, um, expansive world mm-hmm. story. Instead, I got a very particular like fantasy novel about one character. Mm-hmm. It's a planned trilogy, which is the other reason why I went for it because fantasy novels. One reason why I never really got into them, they're all freaking like 50 novels. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you're like, I can't, I can't. It's too that. much of a time commitment. Yeah. I can't, I, yeah, I like a 50 hour book, but I don't like, and they're all 50 hours. That's the mm-hmm. other thing. So anyway, I'm finishing up this book and I have some issues with it. I think it's well written. Although, what got me to download it, I think, was Paste Magazine, which I, I really like Paste. I used mm-hmm. to have a subscription. Um, and they were, like, praising it. Like, it's beautiful. The prose is amazing, you know? Mm. And uh, a little overpraised, a little hyper. <laughs> right. you know? Uh, but one issue is that this guy is self-aware enough to, like, call out the cliches of his story. Mm. But then, like... Fully gives into his story. Like, like fully gives into the cliches right, right, in his right. story. Yeah. So, like, this is about a superhero. You know, it's his origin story. This first book is the origin. And everything he does is, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Even when the character himself is like, I don't know why she'd like me. And then, like, mm-hmm. the next paragraph description is like, his green gold eyes, like mm-hmm. against his red hair, to, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he, he talks to to this girl and walks away, and all of his friends are like, "Dude, she was all over." He's like, "What? Her? Me?" And you're like, "Too much of that." Yeah. Like, any character like this exists, he's gonna be like Tony Stark. He's gonna be like, "I, if I don't think I'm the best, I have a pretty good idea that I'm the best." Mm-hmm. And some of that is gonna seep in. And where he tries to like give his character like rough edges, he's still like is too good of a character to have a rough edge, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like <clears throat> he fully respects women all the way around, which is like good good, right? Like good for you. But he like really makes it a point. Like this guy like really will like does not have any sexual thoughts mm-hmm. a- about women. Only one woman for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not tempted by anybody. Right. He, um, he won't go into a room with alcohol and women at the without same time. Without mother right, there. Without his mother. <laughs> you know, he's like experienced the worst of life, you uh-huh. know, but has come out just like still naive and, you know, uh, he's also like the smartest. Yeah. He's also the most musically gifted. There are scenes where he'll like pick up, he's like, I just found myself reaching for the lutes and then playing and I wow. lo- I got lost in it. And then I opened my eyes and 40 people were staring There's at me. 50 hours of this. Yeah. No, thanks. And so he's super in love with his main character. Mm-hmm. And then he'll even say stuff like the, the main characters telling his story to a guy writing it down. And he'll, he'll still say like, if this was a story of two people falling in love, then you would think that this would happen. But this is not that kind of story. 
Mm-hmm. And like an hour later, it's like, you pushed up against me and I felt her heart beating, you know, and you're like, okay, you did it, man. Like, are you, are you aware? Like how self-aware of this, of this are you? Mm-hmm. But it made me think that like, there's a twist coming. Like there's something coming mm-hmm. where he's going to subvert it. It's going to be like Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm following the main character. Main character gets his head chopped. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm literally like an hour left and oh, gosh. yeah, dude, it's a long. Um, and I feel like I still, I'm not too old to not be a completionist for stuff like this, especially mm-hmm. if it's a trilogy. I feel like I gotta see this. Oh my God. No way. Through. But the other problem, this is the thing that really might stop me from going on to book two. The reader is atrocious, mm-hmm. terrible. The worst I've ever heard. And I think mm-hmm. he does all three. And it made me wonder, like, is this guy like on commission with the company that records? Or is this like the author's friend? Like, I will not allow anybody but Bill to read a Bill mm-hmm. has to read it. Right. Uh, but the guy like tries to do voices and can't. He gives everybody a Jersey accent when he does. Like he does his normal <laughs> reading is not like a Jersey, but then it would be like Hey, Quoth, get over here. You know, (laughs) what's going on? And then uh, sometimes he'll say things and then like the description right after will be counter to the way he said it. Like Mm -hmm. one guy was like, like one line, literally, I just heard, I just listened to it today. They were like, Master Leoneth or whatever was like, say it to me again without inflection. (laughs) <laughs> like he's supposed to be calm and just like right. tell me again but he's like tell me again i want to hear it he said calmly you know and i was like uh-huh. did this guy just like at the end of the book is he like listen guys I, we're just we're gonna 49 go. hours in no one's listening to it at this point let's wrap this up <laughs> did did you hear my jersey accent they've turned this thing off <laughs> let's just the let's last crick. like 20 minutes is just speech to text <laughs> <laughs> he's gone he's gone you hear him like he sets up his phone and he slowly walks away you see him walk out of the studio and just series is just taking over um yeah man it's it he is terrible um but i saw it through uh the, the next book i have lined up is a book called the alienist which is supposedly like a really good historical mm-hmm either historical fiction or a historical account of like a murder in England, um, like the 18th, which is like right in my wheelhouse. I've heard good things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finished hold the dart, which is yeah. going to be the next movie of Jeremy Solonier, the guy mm-hmm. who did green room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it felt like a cross between Cormac McCarthy, um, and the Coen brothers in terms of tone. Mm-hmm. So just like everything else he's directed. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely of a piece. Right. But with the writing of this book, you could see where he tried to shift into like making like a pulp novel. Yeah. Hit these kind of philosophic highs. And the, the, the shifts for me were super abrupt. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, you know, you can't have a guy get shot and then immediately roll over and start thinking about the cosmos. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't think 
I don't think that's really how it works. I mean, mm. I, I've never been shot before. Right. Um, but uh, it, it, it pushes a little much. And to me, it kind of like you, you were saying that Jer- Jeremy Saulnier, the director, kind of strikes you in interviews that you've read. That's very self-serious. Very self-serious. Yeah. Um, maybe a little Nick Pizzolatto in him. Mm-hmm. And this book seems like a trap for anybody with those pretensions. <laughs> I mean, this could just be a complete nightmare of mm-hmm. like true detective, you know, out in the Alaskan tundra, mm-hmm. you know, it's got everything. And, and I think that, you know, people discount the skill of like Cormac McCarthy, you know, has all these elements in play that are pulpy. You know, there's, uh, in there's um, what's word when you uh have sex with a family member? Incest. Incest. <clears throat> Corey McCarthy. There's incest. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mass murder. Mm-hmm. There's Baby serial murder. killer. Yeah, uh, but it all like is done with intention and with skill mm-hmm. that's like unparalleled. Yeah. And then these other guys come like tromping through and they're like, you can see that they're trying to get like the spear of Quentin Tarantino and Cormac McCarthy. Right. You know? But it's like Quentin Tarantino also is like his own master. Like I-, I was thinking about that the other day of like, you know, Stephen King is an amazing author mm-hmm. who does not get his due. I think I think in a hundred years, people will still be reading Stephen King and looking back on what he's written. Um, uh, maybe you want to fight. I mean, he's written. This a is lot. my territory. Now I'm yeah, the crazy sure. man okay, wearing fine. people. I'll, I'll let you have it. I'm, I'm not that sold on it. I just don't like the ends of the ends of his books. No, no. I, I agree. A lot of his, of the endings fall away, but he's written enough. Yeah. The stand alone. You all could the way take. Through parts out of every Stephen King nope. book and make one really good. Oh book. yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there, there's that there's Quentin Tarantino who somebody did a retrospective. And I watched some mm-hmm. video essays and dude. Yeah. Like that guy. Amazing. Like, I think that's, he's an all timer, you know? Right. Um, but, but he's very much in his genre and, you know, Cormac McCarthy. I, I, I think people think that they can do that. Because they make it look easy. Like you well, can't yeah, just I do it. I think they mistake the sensationalism of the violence or the abruptness of the violence for like profundity. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they think that if I just have those things, it's going to make me look really smart. If I have those things and I treat them very seriously or very realistic or mm-hmm. very just sort of like um, without any sort of flair, right. I'll be profound. Yeah. See, but I think I think with with Cormac McCarthy and the Coen Brothers, there's an absurdity, yeah. in in what they do that I think gives it that like flair. And there's total absurdity with Tarantino that I think gives him his like mad genius mm-hmm. spark because in every movie he has like, you know, his his Tarantino monologue. You know, that's mm-hmm. crazy or the visuals, right? Um, but yeah, I think I think those guys have this absurd. Ap- this understanding of the absurdity of the situation. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. I'll give him a shout out. Uh, Max who's one of the guys who listens to us. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I, I said it's like they ground their narratives in the, you know, absurdity of humanity. You know, it's like they understand that. Mm-hmm. And then they can tell their story with understanding and have it be like as violent as they want, have it still come off sounding and, and reading as fresh, as mm-hmm. new, as interesting. Where some of these other people are just like knock off and rip off. Yeah. Which brings me to the last thing I want to talk about, which is The Discovery, which is mm. a, a movie that both of us watched. Mm-hmm. And I had the same, you know, complaint I talked to you a little bit about today, which is just like, it felt like these people love Eternal Sunshine and were like, let's make that story or a story like that. Right. That has a profound relational aspect to it is also a high concept, you know, uh, that the afterlife has been scientifically proven. Now people are killing themselves mm. and um, let's try and set a, a romance there. Like the, the um, ambition is there and to be, you know, lauded. The execution is to be buried forever in a mm. vault and never released. Yeah, I think the I think the biggest difference between those two movies is that by the end of Eternal Sunshine I think you could make a good argument for for the relationship being worth it or not being worth it, right? In terms of like Oh, well, just their relationship, right? I think it does a good job as a, as a movie of presenting it in such a way. It's not it's not trying to be... I didn't feel like it was trying to be profound, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like it was trying to be this big sort of message movie, like, look at how smart we are. And I feel like by the end of it, you could have, depending on your leanings, I suppose, made an argument for either side, right? Mm-hmm. Having kept the memories or getting rid of them or not having the relationship, whether the relationship is worth it at all. Whereas by the end of the discovery, it's pretty obvious what they want you to think. And they also want you to think that like, they're really super smart for having constructed this whole thing, which is just absurd. And it just doesn't work. Yeah. It's, it's poorly constructed and it's like, in the end, it just is like, ah, the, the, yeah, the discovery was, was really bad. I was disappointed. Yeah. Because we both liked the guy's first movie. A lot, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot, too. I watched it twice. I mean, yeah. I watched it, like, once, maybe by myself, and then, I, and then I watched it with Julia. Yeah, the one I love. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I highly recommend. I love that one. High concept, but balanced the tone a lot. And maybe mm-hmm. it's just the actors that, you know, like, yeah. Mark Duplass can pull that off. And, and Elizabeth Moss, I really like too. Mm-hmm. And in this one, Rooney Mara, talk about self or yeah, that's Rooney Mara, yes. right? She does strike me as a very like self serious, right? right? Actress. Seriously. Uh, and Jason Siegel, I think to me struck me as like, you, you know, like this is, this is profound. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he was giving it a little, a little much. He was yeah. pushing the material a little. Right. Yeah, was not a fan. Yeah, me either. Oh, what do you think of Netflix wrapping up and going back, kind of bringing this all back home? 
What do you think of Netflix thumbs up, thumbs down system? I don't care. I never didn't use their ratings to begin with. Right. So, so you're not going to use the thumbs up, thumbs down now? I mean, what does that do? It isn't not going to do anything. Thumbs up, thumbs downs it. Yeah, but what does that do for my Netflix experience? Uh, you can now go through and find the movie that has a perfect thumbs up rating. You can thumbs down it now. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> mind spending some time doing that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a new hobby for you. Yeah. Fund an audiobook and just scroll Netflix for a perfect thumbs up movie and just <clears throat> yeah, thumbs I mean, down it all. The Netflix interface is so bad, I oh, feel it's like. It's terrible. Because, I, and at this point, you can browse categories like independently. Mm-hmm. But that was something they added relatively recently. And the movies that show up sometimes are like, where's the new st- new stuff? I know right. it's on here and I yeah. can't find even your new releases and recently added. Like I, just, I don't feel home in this world anymore. I had to type it in. Yeah. I just don't feel like any of that stuff works. Like it, something's always going to get left behind. I mm-hmm. mean, it's all algorithm algorithms. Yeah. Right. And it's all just like, it's just like based on this. Like it, it could be based off something I watched for five minutes and thought, this is so terrible. terrible. I can't watch more than five minutes of it's it. In it's your like, algorithm. Based on this, because you clicked on it once. It just is like the YouTube thing, right? Like well, my wife and I watched <laughs> one simple Vine compilation <laughs> on YouTube. You? And now nothing, my, nothing is in my recommended page except for Vine compilations. Like I don't need 50 of these. That's like right? the satanic amulet. I was good with one in. and I felt kind of bad about watching one, to be honest. I don't want 50 more. Or it's just like with advertising on the internet where it's like I go onto Amazon and I buy something, right? And then for the next month, I'm getting nothing but ads for this thing that I already bought on Amazon. I right. don't need any that more ads for this. Crazy. I that just bought it. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. They haven't worked out that technology yet where yeah. it's basically like, okay, guys, we have the technology now to advertise what people just bought. Right. All right. Crank that one out. Yeah. Now get to working on what do they want to buy. Yeah, exactly. This just doesn't make any sense. So the thumbs up, thumbs down thing is just is like, I mean, I'm not going to rate anything. I, I don't care. Any ratings I have on Netflix, they were done by accident. Listen, man, thank God Bose can buy my search history now so I can get some better ads. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's all I'm saying. I better see this legislation turn around in some better ads for me. Yeah. More target stuff. And another reason to not watch trailers for Hot Girls Wanted on a browser keeps your history because then you're going to yeah, get a lot of, go. hey, Blizzard, we saw you wanted hey, Hot Girl. <laughs> hey, sicko. Hey, sicko. The lady from Books a Million is going to pop up on your <laughs> exactly. advertisement. Um, yeah, and the other thing, I used to rate stuff in Netflix, right? But again, that was that was before they combined everything like they did, mm-hmm. and you could actually go through and look at all your ratings, right? right? And ratings, you could, like, you could use sort it by for rating, stuff. right? Yeah, that was fun. I did it then, but yeah. then, I mean, and maybe you could do that all along. I don't know, but at this point, I use ne- the only time I ever use Netflix is on my Xbox. So if that interface, if I can't get it through that interface, I'm not using it. And so I just don't see what the point of it now is because even before with the five stars, like what does it do? It's just going to give you more movies that other people like that also rated that movie the same as you, but that doesn't work. This doesn't work for me. Give me that job. I'll I'll do that sure. job. I'll be the human algorithm well, behind. That's, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, throwing out personalized recommendations. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't have anything either. I've, yeah. Outside of uh, 
putting our dog to sleep. I haven't done anything, oh. and I don't feel like talking about that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so. so we'll move on with a fare thee well. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually. Is there any music you... I mean, we talked a little oh, bit about shoot. music before. Is there any music you've been listening to? The White Reaper album came out. Yeah. Today. Super good. Good. I've been listening to a lot. Julie Byrne. Um, I don't know if... No, I don't think you like her. She's a singer-songwriter, but like doing it better than anybody else out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to the two Feist singles. Oh, yeah. I'm, they're good. They're like really them. good. Yeah. I'm super um, excited about her album. Um, been listening to the new Father John Misty album. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. So, Mount Erie. Right. Have you listened or no, read? No, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. Don't. It, it is so good. Uh, mm-hmm. The album's called The Crow Looked At Me. Right. And his wife died right. of cancer and they had a one and a half year old daughter and he basically wrote an album about it mm-hmm. but the album is like just his journal just his diary you know mm-hmm. and he has thought about the music like it's not it's not half formed right um but as a piece of emotional kind of catharsis, it is ultra depressing. I li- mm-hmm. at least listened to the first song on the album. He was like, that's <laughs> enough. I can't, I can't. I mean, but it is so good, man. Like, I, I don't know what to do with it, you know? I do find myself coming back to it and listening to parts of it and being moved by it. And, you know, thinking about him and his daughter and like ho- wishing them the best, you know, mm. and as a, as a testament, it's, it's totally worthwhile, but I mean, it is, it, it's just, here it is. Like, this yeah. is what it's like to lose your wife when yeah. you love her and you have a daughter. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the opposite end of that, I've been listening to a guy called William Onyabor, who's like apparently like a African funk legend. And I got the recommendation from, I was telling you before, from those What's in My Bag videos that Amiibo does. Yeah. Uh, so I've just been listening to that. I've been listening to that and White Reaper. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. <clears throat> yeah. And they're both great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been listening to a lot of good stuff recently. We should do a music episode. Sure. I've been cataloging it. Bye, Scoon Doom.